hey, got a crazy family? Love hearing stories about crazy families? Then you need to check out our brand new podcast called My Crazy Family. Available wherever you get podcasts. Just search My Crazy Family right now. Press subscribe and don't miss any brand new episodes of My Crazy Family. You can even share your stories if you so please. We, we'd love to hear them. My Crazy Family. Search and subscribe wherever you download podcasts. Today on another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online that is more freaky than watching Celine Dion and Gary Busey make sweet love to each other, covered in ranch dressing, inside the ball tank, at a less than clean Chuck E. Cheese. What happens when several family members all have the same dream at the same time? on the same night. A dream that isn't one of happiness and joy, rather one of death and horror as they all realize one of the people closest to all of them has perished at that very instant. That story and some other random shit that Tony and Todd talk about today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802. Or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown, and quite possibly, the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That indeed it is. Welcome to the program. If you like the show, you got a ghost story, we want to hear it, please do write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. Or you can call 855-853-4802 and share that ghost story with us just like that. We do greatly appreciate it. If you want access to uh, all of our bonus stuff, the full archive of episodes, which is the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories ever created, you get that all commercial free, our advanced episodes and our exclusive EPP bonus episodes for our supporters, brand new ones every single week. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or uh, Patreon, the Patreon app. Uh, just search Real Ghost Stories Online. All four words there, Real Ghost Stories Online. And uh, you can sign up five bucks a month, get you access to all of that stuff. It's uh, Tony and Todd with you on today's episode of the show. What's going on? Now, you know, I've got to reference the intro. And so <laughs> my point is this. Yes. The older she gets, the more Celine Dion actually looks like Gary Busey. I would I would agree with that. It's um, I don't know what to make. She's kind of looking a little scary here and there. She got really thin and mm-hmm. she, you know, was angry that people were talking about that and were concerned about her. Yeah. But I mean, she's just, she looks really frail and he just looks, you know, like a nut job. Yeah, completely, completely. And you add in the ranch, the Chipotle ranch and um, uh, the ball tank at Chuck E. Cheese and them going at it. And that's, <laughs> that's a recipe for disaster. I don't know what I'd rather watch the, uh, the, the gorilla that's playing the drums or that. Uh, I, it's, uh, it's kind of a toss up. I haven't seen her yeah, in much. It'd be very, though. it'd be very hard to choose between the two. That's for sure. Maybe combine the two, put the gorilla in the ball tank with them, and then that would be just. I think that's how you get people back to Chuck E. Cheese. That and maybe a ball ball gag the actual gorilla and throw them <laughs> in the ball tank. <laughs> you see, all you got to do is add these things. That maybe vacuuming <laughs> once in a while and having food that's edible, and that might be some other reasons to go back into a Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, Did you ever go to those before? When I was a kid, um, and you were a kid, it was called Showbiz Pizza, and that was what we, there was one in Appleton. I think there was one in yeah. Green Bay too. And um, I went to some of those back then. By the time it turned into Chuck E. Cheese, I was a little kind of old for it. 
but I've taken my my kids into it over the years. And there's so many places now you can go that have entertainment like this for kids. It wasn't just like, you know, that back then was like the one spot you could go for that sort of stuff. And I found it to be the grossest, um, most unclean, unsanitary businesses that I've been in uh, when it comes. I know kids are going to make everything messy, but I don't know. I walk into a Dave and Buster's and I don't feel like I need to, um, you know, drench myself in a Purell the moment I leave. Um, right. The, the Chucky, there's just something, I don't know. It's a lower quality of care, I think, than and the staff. And when I've always been at a Chuck E. Cheese, it's like uh, high school kids who would, you know, are probably out back, you know, smoking and then uh, eating the cardboard pizzas uh, and then kind of, you know, putting them right out. I don't know. It, it just always seems like nobody wants to be there. And like the other ones, like the Dave and Busters, they're like, hey, welcome. And, you know, they don't care either, but at least they pretend. Right, right. But yeah, it's kind of a gross place. Uh, speaking of, uh, well, not even any of this stuff, but uh, over the weekend, uh, I guess traveling is what I was thinking of, um, was in uh, Kansas City. And we did an Airbnb near the Country Club Plaza uh, area. And it was, turned out it was like a what, 100 some year old house. It, it was all redone. So a lot of the, you know, the architecture that you look for on the inside of that old house kind of gone except for the floor and the floor grates and some of the doorknobs were still those super old skeleton key ones. Uh, and there was a couple times where I was kind of wondering, you know, is there something here? Uh, the girls kept having things that would just tip over and keep in mind, the house is not very plumb or square. So it, it right. is the kind of angles here and there, but not enough to like tip over a bottle of Gatorade. Uh, or something like that. They're, they kept having things tip over in rooms where they're really, they didn't bump it. Um, and it was just kind of weird. I went downstairs into the the basement, which was kind of a cellar thing, you know, very wet down there and just all rocks. Uh, and I uh, just started asking questions. I try to ask something that's going to not just be like, what's your name? Why are you here? Uh, and I broke out that uh, ghost hunting app that I use. That spits out words. And I said, hey, I they, there's these really thick nails here in this. And I can tell it's a very old support beam of the house. And I said, I'm just curious. You know, this looked like they would, they would hang something pretty heavy. What, what used to be on these? Because it looks like they haven't been used in years. And the one time it, it came up with an answer to me, that whole time I was down in that basement for probably about 10 minutes, only one word came out and it was the answer to that question. And oh, it's, God. it's an obvious one, which was portraits. Oh, yeah, it's a nail on a wall. Wow. And, it, and, it's, and it's not a room where I think you would um, like hang them to display them. But I think it would have been a place where you would have hanged them to store them uh, down there. Gotcha. Uh, like with an extra one or something like that. Um, just kind of the way it was set up. Because I'm thinking, well, this isn't a room where you'd really hang a portrait, but that's the only storage space in the house. So yeah, that would, that would answer why there's that nail in that wall right there. That looks like it would hang something. Yeah. You hang an old portrait or something that you're not, you don't have up in your other part of your house. So I thought it was kind of on. That's so cool. That was, it seemed to be a direct response to that question. Yeah, It was very spot on. And it wasn't like an energy in there that felt weird or bad or negative. It actually felt really kind of warm when I'm in those places. I always like to sit there and think like, you know, like what 
you know, this wasn't always an Airbnb. So like, what were, how many families lived here throughout all those years? What was life like? You know, what were the holidays like? I always kind of go to that. Like, what did the holidays look like in this house? I always try and picture like, where would the Christmas tree go? Um, and, and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I don't know, it's just, it, it was just an interesting, interesting little place. So I got no other ghost stories of, uh, I, I, I think if I were haunting a place and it was an older home like that, and they ripped it apart and they took out all the old stuff. I think I'd be pretty pissed off about it. I mean, I get you kind of have to do it because I'm sure it was just like plaster walls at one point and um, in everything. I'm just probably not in the greatest condition. But the um, the the molding, the 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 crown molding and the molding that was it's very craftsman type type style molding along the windows and all that and framing that was all uh intact so you could tell whatever they did when they replaced it with drywall and such uh they put those original pieces back up so that was kind of neat to see it just wasn't cool. as as restored as you know they kind of had to like kind of go for a modern look actually in there which was really just kind of bizarre but it was fun uh 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at real ghost stories online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's go to the first story. It says, hello, Tony, Harper, Carol, and Todd. I have written in to you before. My story um, was about a troublemaking kid came into my dream to say goodbye. He featured my story in an episode that aired in October of 2020. My kids and I listened to the story and they were so excited to hear it. So thank you. I have mentioned before in our family, we are sensitive. I think it comes to my dad's side, as I know he is sensitive. My second oldest sister, her daughter, and younger son, my younger sister, and her daughter are extremely sensitive, and myself and daughter are too. When my second oldest sister was 26 years old, her mother-in-law and her mother-in-law's husband at the time separated. The three youngest boys and a girl stayed in her care. Later, the girl left with the mom, but the boys stayed with my sister. She practically put the older two through middle school and high school and helped them to make the decision of going to college or to join the Navy, as both were interested in that too. Both boys ended up going off to the Navy and proudly have a great life now, thanks to my sister. Well, the youngest, which I am calling MP, she put through elementary, high school, and he started college because of her too. It was a handful when he was younger for sure, but he grew as a grandchild to my parents, a child to my sister and her husband, a brother to my niece and nephew, and he was a nephew for myself and my siblings. In April of 2015, this beautiful soul passed away. It was the worst time of our life. He worked at a restaurant that's open 24-7. And that night, he had worked the night shift. That night, my sister and his sister had dinner at the restaurant, and everyone else went home. But for some reason, my sister was still there. He was getting off at 3.30 a.m. or so, but she felt like she didn't want to go. She felt like she wanted to take him home, even though he had his own car. She went home, but not at peace. She felt like she needed to go back to get him, but thought, I'm overreacting. Go home. He'll be home soon. Around 4 a.m., my dad had a dream with MP, and in my dad's dream, he was greeted with, Yalego por Queen Lebrana. And the writer says, have fun with that one, Tony, which translates to here is who you have been crying for. That was a saying he would always greet with men. He would come home to my parents' house or anyone's house with. He was also so funny like that. 
Anyway, in the dream, he told my dad he was leaving and just wanted to make sure he was okay before he left and wanted to make sure he stopped by to say goodbye. He told my dad to let everyone know he's okay and that he stopped by before he left. Come to find out the accident that took his life happened right before 4 a.m. and It happened about two blocks from my parents' house. When my dad found out, he passed away around the time he came to visit him in his dream. It was inconsolable. Unfortunately, I was the one that called my parents and siblings to let them know what had happened. It was the hardest thing I ever had to do. My daughter, who was four at the time, tells me later, Mom, why are you crying? I let her know I was crying because I knew him since he was a baby and he was like a nephew for me. She did not cry at all until his wake. It was hard to see her not feel much because of other situations in life. So that happens at night. We got home and of course we did not tell the kids any details of how he passed. He was in a car accident. It did not end in one piece. But of course we did not tell the children that. So I'm showering her or uh, showering her so she could relax and go to sleep. While I'm showering her, she asks, Mom, where did MP go? Did he go to heaven? I tell her, yes, he did. And her reply to me chills me to this day. She says, Mom, are they going to put him back together there? I just don't remember what I answered to her because I don't remember much after that. I just remember crying so much and wondering how she knew that. He used to spend a lot of time at my house when he was in high school. And after he passed away for about a month, I would hear footsteps from my kid's bedroom to mine. I could feel a presence at the foot of my bed when the steps would stop in my room. I did not feel scared. I just had a feeling that it was him. I really do think it was him trying to comfort us. After he saw we were okay, he stopped coming by to check on us. But I know he's still around, sometimes watching over. Sorry for the long story, but I'll write back with other stories I've relating to him and many other stories I have regarding supernatural things. Thank you so much for this outlet. I love listening to you guys. Keep up the good work thoughts on that it uh, started off like uh, a lot of stories where families have a family member or a person they know come to them and then there's a realization that they passed away about that time and it was just another one of those stories that kind of reaffirms that that seems to happen um but then when the child says are they going to put him back together that was freaky that's crazy stuff and and my question would be like did the child have a, a visit from this person or did the child just kind of know something happened? What happened there? And how did, crazy. how did she know that? Did she know that because she like saw him in the gruesome pieces or was it like he had a visit and maybe he said to her, yeah, I'm in a couple pieces right now, but they'll put me back to you know something like that, you know, kind of like what you address to a child with not like going to rotten.com and seeing the images of somebody ripped apart by a train or something like that. <clears throat> yeah. I would hate for it to be that. I would just assume it be him showing up, you know, maybe holding a head or something like that and talking to her. Or <laughs> that wouldn't but, be I mean, traumatic. that's better than actually seeing the accident. That wouldn't be traumatic or anything. <laughs> holding the head and he's walking. Isn't with... that like some kind of Beetlejuice kind of stuff though? It Isn't is. that what Beetlejuice did? Yeah, didn't he? I haven't seen that movie in for, you know, it was on TV not that long ago. And I think I watched like five minutes of it. And I was like, I don't know how the hell I ever watched this. It was just so, it's such an out there movie. Uh, but weren't they going to do another one of Beetlejuice or something? I think they're working on another one right now. I think a new one's going to come out, which is unfortunate because the first one, 
it's not a great movie. The effects are not great. It's a little cheesy, a little camp, kind of like Ghostbusters one, but certainly Ghostbusters wins that um, that fight in a ring. But yeah, I mean, I this this I would love to know like now how old the kid is. I'd love to know what they saw or how they knew that, how that came from their mouth, if unless they had some sort of communication. Who played Beetlejuice? Um, yeah, the guy that did um, Batman, the original Batman. Um, is he still alive? Steven, uh, not Steven. Um, oh, yes, he is still alive. Uh, Who played Beetlejuice? Uh, it was Michael Keaton. That's who it is. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know Michael Keaton was Beetlejuice. Really? No, I didn't. I guess I, I always thought it was somebody. I didn't know who, but I never thought it was him. That's interesting. Yeah, it's a creepy. Character. It's kind of funny. You, you do like one of the best Batman, Batman movies ever. And you're still kind of voted one of the best Batman men. And then you end up doing Beetlejuice on top of that. So. <laughs> no, it's just like it just doesn't seem like in character for all of the uh, the other ones. But interesting. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at uh, Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's go to a caller. Hi. Hello, this is Don. Um, I wanted to tell you about a place called Holiday Woods. Um, once upon a time, it was Indian Grounds. Um, then later on, um, a lot of, I don't know how to put it, um, slavery stuff was done there, some wrongdoings to some people. Um, there is a bridge, like a stone throw away from it called Nigger's Bridge because they used to uh, hang people from it. And still to this day, nobody knows the real name of that bridge. Like it's always been called that. Even, um, we we have friends and family that are they call it that 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 are of color you know so it's just something that we all know it as there, there is no no way around it or or, or or anything but um the grounds just seems like a really uh, like open I think like they were just wounded and, and then all these scars have been ripped into it all these wounds have been ripped into it and it's just open grounds for spiritual activity um, later on down the road um, it was a campground and it turned into a campground and then um, bikers and stuff like that took it over uh, so there's just been a lot of crazy stuff that has happened there on the grounds today it's considered meth central like oh, it, it's horrible out there for meth um but <clears throat> i bought this house off a friend of ours and we gutted it and remodeled it because it was you know in this cute little when i lived there it was nice because i could go down at the bottom of the drive and sit on top of this rock and everybody around us would be having bonfires and you hear laughing and music and just like it was, it was, it was when I lived there, it was, it, it was pretty cool. Um, you see people, I know it sounds silly to some, but you see people driving around on their lawnmowers just for fun and you get all kinds of, you know, uh, four wheelers and stuff like that driving through. And it's, it was just, it's, it's just a fun place. It was just a fun place once upon a time. Um, we moved into the house 
and just something during the day it was fine um but at night it seemed to feel like a totally different world um i noticed it when i was out there um when i helped de-gut the house and hang up insulation and drywall and stuff like that um there was a few times i was out there all by myself but even with someone there it felt it just felt off um we ended up when i was moving out a whole bunch of the person stuff the previous owner that left there i pulled this bandana down off the wall and it was a really old harley davidson bandana and um i felt just like as soon as i took it down off the wall and i was trying to be respectful with it even though you know but as i was walking out and i was folding it nice and neat and stuff like that i felt this on my back like i felt this like it just rushed right up and was hovering over top of me like what are you doing with my bandana that's basically it and uh, I stopped and I could feel like the hairs and the tingling on the back of my back, on the back of my neck. And I told the spirit, I was like, I'm not going to destroy this. I'm just, I'm, I'm packing it up nicely. And, you know, I started, you know, talking to the spirit and, um, the spirit ended up leaving me alone and stuff like that. Like, but the crazy part is when my husband was outside we had to use a wood burner to heat it in the winter time and my husband was outside chopping wood and i have a really long uh, puppy coat with the fur around the hood and he was outside chopping wood and he saw we have a dog and her name is shotzi and she was jumping up and playing and stuff like that like she does with me because you know i'm 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 the love of her life and uh Cass went to stop what he was doing and look up to talk to me and he even saw like the black um he thought it was my black coat but it wasn't and when he jumped up and looked Shotzi was continuing to jump but she was jumping and nothing was there um the boys when I moved them into the house after we got everything said and done and moved them into the house um the boys started all that never never had before never had since wanted to play ghosts like they were ghosts and they were flying around the house and they were acting like they were ghosts and stuff like that thought that was kind of crazy um when all this stuff kept happening like it, I, I you i can tell i'm sensitive to this kind of stuff i could tell that there were things in the house there were things on the ground um i knew it before we even moved into it um but um we i went and i saged and when i saged i saged the whole entire house and in the bottom like you walk down in the floor there's like a part of the floor that lifts up in the air and you can walk down to the basement and the basement flooded a lot and stuff like that because it was so old and there was this hole in the wall that crawled underneath the rest of the house and i just i couldn't bring myself to crawl in that crawl space hole so i just saged everywhere else and i sealed with salt and stuff like that i even did it out in the yard the spot there was an exit at the other end of that crawl space hole um i sealed that with salt but i didn't get anything saged underneath that part of the house and i was sitting there in the kitchen one night and 
all of a sudden I feel like something hitting the bottom of the floor and the bottom of that floor in the kitchen is where that crawl space is at. And it kept hitting and hitting and hitting and hitting it. And I told my husband, he was down the other end of the house and I told him, I was like, come here. And he came and I made him stand where I was standing and I, and he felt it and he was like shocked a little. He was like, what is that? And I was like, I don't know. We went to bed that night and as we were laying in bed, I was really tired. I was getting ready to start my, you know, my, my woman thing of the month and it makes you really tired and exhausted sometimes like out like a light kind of, you know, out. But, um, the pounding went from the floor because it, 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 it didn't stop. It went from the floor into the wall that was into our bedroom, but it wasn't in the kitchen. It was just in our bedroom. It was weird because it was on the other side of the wall. And it just kept pounding on the wall. And my husband would wake up and pound back on the wall. That's how I know, you know, we weren't, I wasn't imagining because he's, you know, he pounds on the wall. And um, I told him, I was like, I saged the house, but I didn't sage that part of the house. And he's like, you trapped something down there. And he's like, you need to climb underneath there. You need to, I need to pop that, you know, break that seal of the stall. And he's like, you need to stage and get it out of there. And um, I did. And what's really weird is that um, I've seen other entities in the house. Like, I've seen orbs. I've seen people as they look in life, um, dark shadows, you know, stuff like that. Um, I've even seen dark orbs around people. Um, I've, I've seen I've seen it all. I, not all, but I don't want to jinx myself, but there was a guy standing and he was standing in the kitchen and he was gray matter. And, but he, it was like, I don't know how to explain it. Like there was no color. There was no definition. There was, it was weird. Um, but he stood there and it was a man. I could tell by the stature, I could, his arms were puffed out a little bit like he was mad or something. And, um, it free, it scared me. It, it freaked me out a little bit. And, uh, there was another time when my, I ended up giving the house to my mom and taking off and moving to California. And I left a camera in the front of the house that faces the only opening in that whole entire yard where the cars come and go. And she um, said that she could see, like she said, probably about 12, 13, 14, 15. She said that it looked like all men, about the same shape, size, everything, but they were all in black. And she said that they would stand outside, like the fence wouldn't be closed. You you could close the fence completely, make it the whole yard closed in, or you could keep the fence open where the cars come in and out of. And she kept the fence open. And she said it looked like they were like, trying to get into the yard, but they couldn't get into the yard. And you got to remember when I sage, I saged the yard too. And I would seal the outside all around the fence. I would seal it with salt. So when she told me that I told her, I was like, that's where I stopped, you know, um, doing the sage. That's where I stopped. That's where I stopped. And I, and I sealed it. And I thought that was kind of crazy, but she has a picture of her when she's standing in the kitchen and she could feel something grabbing a hold of her hand and she had a friend take a picture and her and in the picture there was a a child hanging onto her hand 
she has continued to have um, incidences there. Um, she said there was one night she was up later than normal, and she could see it was, she said it was like half man, half caterpillar. It was kind of crazy the way she described it. Like I can envision it as soon as she just, you know, told me about it. But she said this man had like a caterpillar body, had a face, a, a human face. And she said he looked like he was just like, like in a lot of pain or torture or just miserable, just completely and utterly unhappy like there is no joy in in his face whatsoever all only misery and suffering and she said that she could see him like going across the top of the fence and he was full grown size going across the top of the fence and he traveled into she thinks it was a portal but and she continues to see and experience stuff you know to this day she still lives out there um all of my friends that have lived out there they will tell you all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, the place where she lives at is right behind um, where a prior friend of ours, his house used to be, and then I don't know what happened to it, but the property is still there, and it's right behind it. And he used to, when we were teenagers, he used to tell us all kinds of stuff that him and his brothers would experience and stuff like that. And that's where it ends. So someone who had a lot of different experiences uh, in, in that time period. And just very, very extreme ones. And, um, you know, sometimes people will tell their ghost story and they see somebody going by or they see the, the, the thing. This was just so many different things. And it, it does, you know, if what this person is saying is truthful. It sounds like there's some sort of energy there, obviously. I'll tell you one thing though, if I'm looking out a window and I'm seeing shadow people and they're trying to get into the property, but they can't because I've saged, I'm still getting the hell out of the house because at you, some point you, you, you got to maintain that is what is what I'm told. If you don't maintain it, then they can get back in. I am not gonna, no. It's not like mowing my lawn. I'm going to mow my lawn and then I'm going to sage and salt my yard. I, that doesn't work for me. That would be an interesting service to offer people. Oh, my God. That's my money-making scheme. Right there. Yeah. You go in sage and salt. You would probably actually have a pretty good business with that uh, because there's probably a lot of people out there who look those sort of things up and nobody's doing it. See, I could add it to like, I could do like a pooper scooper thing. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, maybe do some trim or some small gardening work. And exactly. then you do the saging and the salting and, you know, oh my good. I, that's a great, we always come up with some of the best yeah. money making schemes on this program. You could call it like, like, I don't know, positive gardens or something where, and you can also plant flowers and things that are like, oh, and you can tell them stories. These are good for this vibe or that, uh, whatever. Uh, and, and you could totally get a lot of people going into that. Oh, and kind of have like a old VW van kind of, you know, mm -hmm. hippied up a little bit kind of thing. It'd be perfect. I could do that. I think it would be uh, great. And yeah, then you can like plant the marigolds in the shape of a pentagram and you don't quite figure it out <laughs> until like, oh my gosh, they're all blooming. Oh my God, there's a pentagram in my, like, oh, we got to do something about that. The, the, the squirrels must have moved them all. Uh, in an effort because squirrels are evil. They're trying to curse you. And you can just keep like luring them into new parts of the plan. We have our squirrel eliminate squirrel, sa our sacrificial squirrel 
uh, plan here where we're going to get rid of those squirrels in uh, a sacrifice uh, and they will never come back. All sorts of great things. And it'll be an offering to Zulu, king of the squirrel people, and, mm -hmm. and they will be happy and they'll leave you alone then. Yeah, I mean, it seems really completely legit. I think you could uh, you could do that. All right, that's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Uh, become an extra podcast person. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Get access to all the bonus episodes, the advanced episodes, and so much more. Again, ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Until next time, for all of us at Real Ghost Stories Online, I'm Tony Bruschi. Thanks for listening. <laughs>